The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Hope your Tuesday's going well. Waddle, you okay? The uh, away? Not really. No, it's kind of staying with me. Maybe your Bears hat's too tight, Danya. I don't think so. No, it's not the hat. Like you said, it's not me. It's them, right? Yes. Don't. It's not our fault for having high expectations. It's their fault. What is your opening line for the uh, pregame for the Broncos game going to be? Got to workshop it. Welcome in, everybody, as we get prepared for maybe the most important game in the history of the Chicago Bears as they take on the Denver Broncos. Hello, everybody. I'm Mark Silverman, and I'll be your host for Bears pregame today. We haven't won anything in the first three weeks of the season. I'll take full responsibility for that, but here's hoping things turn today. It's absolutely what it's not going to be. What did the Sun-Times have uh, today? Oh, it was fantastic. Page? It was fantastic. It was uh, a total hits show or something like yes. that? Yes, <laughs> Like with this, with this, this hits principle has turned out to be. It's been a total sham. Rearrange the letters. Uh A real hits show. And obviously they put the periods for hits for the acronym. Yeah. And and you just add an S there is is really what Eberflus's list is. Um, And Mark Potash has done great work, as he always have. And we love every now and then talking to Potsy. Because he has brought it strong for years in this market. I think we had conversations in training camp as well about how angst-ridden we all were about what we were seeing in camp. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we were talking about, uh, like, when you tweet out the good stuff, you get the likes. When yes. you tweet out the bad stuff, you don't get the likes. Yeah. But a lot of times, that's what, what it's really going on. And no one's liking on Twitter or in real life what they're seeing now. There's no likes. No, no likes right now. Mark Potash uh, does great work for the Chicago Sun-Times, and uh, he gave everybody an F, and he joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Was Out of all the years of covering the Chicago Bears, Potsy, was that the first time on your report card you gave Fs across the board? Ha! <laughs> You think you think that's the first time? I think Are you not. Kidding? I think not. <laughs> well, that's that's one of many things that have, has happened over and over and over again. That I just say, you know, this is where I came in. You know, it's just the same thing over and over again. So no, that is not the first time, and that uh, and that is just you know that uh, you were so, you're supposed to go position group by position group, but that was such a total failure, even considering the opponent. Um, that uh, you just say you, you just fail everybody because that was that was a failure. The season uh, has been a failure, so that's where we're at. Potsy, who would get the worst grade if you did this for the first three weeks of the season cumulative? Who, wh- which group, or which person gets the worst grade? Well, I think the coaching staff would get the uh, would get the worst grade because. Um, Eberflus and um, and Getze have been to me the big uh, not to call them losers but they've been the the, the biggest culp- they, they've been the biggest culprits of this. Eberflus was supposed to kind of keep things together, 
and that's his job was to, is to kind of keep things together when, when uh, during difficult weeks like they had last week, and he clearly did not. This looks like. No offense to him, I like him and I wish him well, and I hope he does well. But I can't think uh, I, I can think of many times. But I, they just look like an unprepared, poorly coached team for three weeks in a row now. And, and Getsy's offense is um, let's put it this way: I just feel like as a group they've lost the benefit of the doubt. As as a as as a franchise, uh, as a you know the new regime, they have lost the benefit of the doubt, and they're just uh, I know I'm getting off track here, but I just feel like they're they're more defined now by by what goes wrong. Whereas in, in the teardown year, it's it's they're they're defined by what goes right. You see Justin Fields rush for a thousand yards. You think, wow, that's what he. How great could it be? Now you're think. Now when you hear that, you say, nah, it's it's all the bad stuff. So I would say coaching because I just think that's been. Uh, I think that's that's where they failed the most. I don't think you're getting off track at all. You're leading us into the right spot. We quoted you earlier in the show. I thought that was a fantastic line that the the teardown year was a better year than the rebuild. Certainly. What 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 went wrong with Getzy? First of all, while while you brought us there, Potsy, at one point last year, people started to get nervous. Uh oh, the Bears may lose Getzy to a head coaching job because he's done a really good job, at least after that buy, like the mini buy, because of the the uh, Thursday night football game when he started tailoring stuff to Fields, and it just seemed like they were making things happen for Justin. They were creating an offense around the players rather than making the players fit into their offense. And now all of a sudden, it doesn't seem like they're creating anything good. What's gone wrong? You know, uh, it, it, it so reminds me so much of the Croton, Gary Croton era, doesn't it, Sylvie? With the, yeah, at one point, they were worried it might lose him because they were they had a nice role there in, in I think ninety nine, and then but for the next year he was gone. And, and and Getzy has kind of gone that same route, and, and and again, it's an unproven guy who you know talks a good game. Sounds like he, he sounds like he knows what he's doing. And I'm sure he does know what he's doing. Uh, he comes from a good organization, but I think he just still thinks he's coaching Aaron Rodgers and trying to make uh, a, a regular quarterback out of somebody who is not regular a regular quarterback. And uh, and and so I I think it's just the same as everybody else. It just it looks so good. But uh, the process is just so laborious, and everything has to be just right. And it's just, uh, it's just, I don't know, I'm not sure how to answer it. I just think he's just failed just like everybody else. And you look around the league, I wrote about this today in First and Ten, you look at a guy like C.J. Stroud, and you look at what he's doing, and you say, what are the Texans doing that the Bears are not? I think that's the, uh, one of the bigger questions. Or you could ask the question, that, what is C.J. Stroud week. doing that Justin Fields is not? That, too. Well, I mean, yeah, right. I mean, it's what. What does anybody? What? What are any of the? Uh, uh, you know, Brock Purdy, uh, Sam Howell has at least had one game where he showed. Uh, you know, showed us, showed, gave us, gave them a reason to think they're on the right track in Washington. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of other guys, a bunch of other first, second, third year quarterbacks who are making uh, at least showing signs of progress that the Bears just never do. And I said this, I wrote this story the same, almost word for word last year. Remember, I think I talked to you guys about it. Why is developing a quarterback in Chicago always like pulling teeth? And that we're at that same spot again where everything's got to be just right. And Justin Fields has had three of the worst passer rating games he's had, even worse than last year. And everybody else just seems to know what they're to do it better. I guess that's the frustration I think Bears fans feel. I know I do. And that's what I was going to follow up with, Potsy, is uh, is it fair to judge Justin Fields based on everything you just said? 
Well, yeah, because I think a lot of it is on him as well. Uh, I think he's a quarterback who uh, uh, does not have, like Mitch Trubisky, does not have instincts for the position. I think he's a better, fundamentally better, athletically better. Uh, that's why you should probably give him a little more uh, of a leash that, than you did Trubisky, and then have some hope because. But he does. He needs everything else around him a lot better. He needs. He needs the team has to lift him. He's not the kind of guy who can. Uh, uh, who can. Uh, uh, manage uh, or, or, or put it, put a defense on its heels and and just uh, anticipate throws and do all the things that quarterbacks like Joe Burrow do and and uh, so I think it's also you know the answer is both uh, I'm telling you the answer to the big question in town is is it the coaching or the player the answer is both. Yeah, Patsy, I looked at the situation and said, look, there's no question they should implement more of what they did last year into what they're asking him to do this year. But at the end of the day, or at the end of the year this year, you don't want an offense that finishes dead last by a large margin in throwing the football and an offense that hasn't scored more than 21 points in the final seven, six or seven games of the season. There has to be growth in an area where maybe he is not at his best. So... Like, I'm with you. I think it's collectively everybody needs to assume responsibility for what has transpired. I just wonder how far you can go with a modified offense if, in fact, that is what they are going to do going forward. Uh, Yeah, I don't even know where they're headed from here. I mean, we've literally gone from he shouldn't be running so much to now he needs to run more. That's a huge red flag in my book, and yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a film watcher. I don't know the, I'm not an expert on the game. All I know is when I hear that he should be running less and then I hear he should be running more, that's a problem. Uh, Patsy, how do you feel about some of the other guys inside that offensive huddle? Is there anybody that you look at and say, yes, we can move forward with this guy? And why do you believe uh, maybe the answer is quite obvious. Maybe the question should be, do you feel like maybe some of us do that they're trying to force Chase Claypool on this this offense? Well, I think, yeah, I think they are, but I think he's just he's just caught in the undertow just like everybody else is. It's just not a very good offense right now. And I will say this, you know, so many comparisons are very apt to 2014 and the implosion there where, you know, we had the death march, we knew it was going. There is a little bit of a difference. That team was already defined uh, roster-wise as far as what they were. And once you knew they were bad, they were headed downhill. This is a different roster. It's a younger roster. It it has, I think it has more potential to to, to get better, but it's just going to be a long process. You know, I don't know what they can do with this team. They need to get their offensive line straight. If they don't do that, uh, there's no, I don't think there's any hope for this team because, again, they have to have everything going full speed around the quarterback to allow the quarterback to be good. I'm not saying Justin Fields can't be a good NFL quarterback, but he's not a natural. He's not going to lift the team. The team has to lift him, and, and they right, right now they just don't have it. And it all starts with the offensive line which like I've been kind of chronicling the last year, you know, the last few weeks is, you know, they've had like, I think this was the 12th different starting lineup they've had in 20 games. And, and that's, you know, continuity doesn't, doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't guarantee you of success, but boy, lack of continuity makes it really, really tough. And they just, they just don't have that. So that's where it all starts. Uh, I can't remember what the question was, but I think it's a, I think they do have, 
I think they do have some pieces there that can grow. I think there can be growth. Uh, they have nowhere to go but but up, right? Uh, but uh, I just I just have no confidence that it's going to happen. Where I had a little bit more of that kind of confidence at the beginning of the year, and that's been dashed. Mark Potash joining us from the Sun Times. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN One Thousand. Potsy, you've seen it all. I mean, you've seen some crazy, crazy stories. Um, but when 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 you think about this year. And some of the optimism heading to this. And if we sat in that basement studio like six weeks ago when we were all talking at training camp and, and, and would have diagrammed this week, said Alan Williams would resign, the left tackle would be put on IR, and that Justin Fields would be talking about, you know, being too robotic and the Bears would be 0-3 without even a good quarter of football being played. I mean, could you have guessed any of this through three games? Uh, some of it, but not most of it. In fact, I remember talking to people in the media room, and, you know, I've been around a long time, and so I guess I get a, more, a little more wary easily. I said, all I ask, and this is before week one, is just don't suck all the air out of the room right away. In other words, Justin Fields can't get hurt with you know season-ending injury in the first or second week or any time. They can't be so bad that they just take away all optimism. And they've done the that's exactly what they've done. They've taken away, like I said, they've lost the benefit of the doubt. They've taken away all optimism, and they've just been... Uh, you know, we 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 set the. I, I think we were pretty reasonable, most of us, about what this team could do in year two, and we set the bar low, and they still managed to trip over it and fall on their faces. And you know, I just I'll be honest, I'm at a loss for words to figure out where they go from here. Uh, but it's just yes, uh, just I did. I can't say I expected this at all, but I, let's put it this way: I didn't know uh, that it would happen. But I did know that it could happen because it's the Bears. Uh, Potsy, what's the vibe in that building on a day-in and day-out basis? Well, we're kind of stuck in the uh, in the media room, so I'm not real good at like a lot of people are saying. Oh, what's the mood? Because I don't talk to enough people there to know. To be straight honest with you, and I and to be honest, I don't know that uh, even if it was good or bad that that's a real good measurement because the Bears don't know when they're. Bad. I don't know how else to say that. They don't know the effect of their badness. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it comes to things like like these uh, public relations fiascos. They they I I think a lot of times they have no clue how bad they look in these situations. That's why they keep on happening. And again, it goes back to we're going to go back to the same old thing. That's what Kevin Warren is here for. He's supposed to change that, but it's a long process. It, 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 he's got so many things on his plate that that kind of him, kind of uh, uh, shaking things up there is a is a long process. More than just a, a season, you know, or a week, or a, you know, before the bye week, whatever. It's just going to take a long time. But it always comes back to that. He needs to make changes. He needs to change whatever whatever the attitude is. To answer your question, whatever the attitude is, the mood is. It's up to Kevin Warren to to make it uh, a different and to change it because um, this is the same old thing uh, the same old dysfunction at Hal's Hall uh, maybe even more than we than I ever thought so it's just it's just par for the course and Potsy we're guessing then because we don't know the track record of Kevin Warren in that seat up at Hal's Hall and what he would do but you know thinking like I've always hoped with a guy a new guy who has been there, who has been in the Minnesota Vikings. He's been there with the Rams. He's, he's been a man of power with the Big Ten. Do you believe then business will be done differently as far as swift changes uh, with the coaching staff at the very least at the end of this season with Kevin Warren and not Ted Phillips in charge? 
Well, honestly, Sylvia, I think we're waiting to still see signs that, that he is that kind of guy or he will live up to that reputation. So far, and I'm not, I'm only, I'm, I guess I'm a little bit joking, but so far all we've seen, and I, I'm kind of kidding, but kind of not, is that he's upgraded the food in the press box. And you may think that's funny. I don't really mean it to be funny. I think it means that he understands what, that things matter. Things like that matter. And that's a similar thing that Jim Finks did when he came in. Was he upgraded? The, he upgraded the meal in 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 the press box, and and that just to me that's the. I'll be honest. I have not spoken to him one on one. I don't. I've only spoken to him a few times. That's that's. We're still waiting for those signs. But that's the only sign I've seen that hey, he's he's conscious of things that they have not been conscious of at House Hall before. And so, but we're still waiting for the to answer those big questions. My sense is that I don't think there's going to be big changes this year unless it really goes downhill and like well, i said because because of the youth of this team i think they will always have that they will they will they will be able to at least dig themselves out a little bit but if it continues to go south and, and looks bad yeah anything can happen i'm just saying i don't know enough about kevin warren to say that yeah he will be the guy to like be to to, to institute like the first in-season coaching change in bears history uh, Potsy, can you explain why the Bears uh, are putting Nathan Peterson through or Peterman through the waiver wire dance on a weekly basis and they have him as the backup as opposed to the other kid? Well, the only thing I can think of is what pe- people have kind of uh, surmised is that they're trying to uh, they're trying to get uh, they're they're trying to uh, poach somebody off of a, off of a practice squad and 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 get him on there. But that's not as that's not as easily as said easily said easily done as said, I guess. And 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 I guess they were kind of rebuffed last week, so they had to put Peterman back on. So that would be the only reason to do that. Um, but you know, just the fact that Nathan Peterman, no offense to him, is a key, you know point of uh, discussion is also not a good sign. No, so, uh, <laughs> that, but that's that's where we are. And I apologize if I sound weary of all this. I don't mean to be a curmudgeon. I try and be upbeat, uh, I, I guess, I think. But uh, that's just where we are right now. It's very, it's, it's tough. You know, like I always say, this this beat's working for a living, and I still say that, but man, it's getting real close. Yeah. We just had a, <laughs> we, we, we had a debate on uh, Jalen Carter earlier. Um, I said people forget and they just look at Jalen Carter right now and they forget that not only was he arrested at the combine or had the warrant out for his arrest, but then when he had his pro day, how much weight he gained and how he could not finish drills. And like the Bears just were so turned off by that, they could not draft him at that point. Do you understand why the Bears did not draft him or would you have overlooked all that and just said the talent was too great at nine and he should have been drafted by the Bears there? Well, I'll say this. I get why they did, but I'm not really in that position. I don't get to talk to the guy face-to-face. I don't see him. I can't make that decision. All I can say is, just like with Trubisky and, and, and Mahomes, you know, it, it made, you know, Trubisky was the higher-rated quarterback, but it was Ryan Pace's job to determine who would be the better quarterback. Same thing. Uh, uh, Carter had definitely had red flags, but it's, it, uh, it's Ryan Pohl's job to figure out, hey, we, this guy is going to be worth it in the long run. You have to have an intuition about people's personality, and he claims to have it, and, and I don't doubt that he does. But uh, I'll say this. If that locker room is as tight as Matt Eberflew says that it can handle the Allen Williams situation, I would guess that it's tight enough, it should have been tight enough to handle Jalen Carter. Uh, Potsy, uh, I know we all know where Vegas feels or what, what they feel about this game on Sunday with the Broncos coming to town. Which of these two teams do you believe 
ends up winning this ball game? Well, I'm never going to pick for the Bears again until they win, so I'm going with the Broncos. Um, I mean, we're, how I have so- no idea what their what their issue is. They have Russell Wilson. I've always respected him, and uh, and he's always done pretty well against the Bears. So, um, so I, yeah, I would pick uh, I would pick the Broncos to win. But I have to tell you, I, I'm, I'm kind of a little shell shocked right now, especially after picking the Bears in the first two games. You know. You know, trying to be positive, right? And and they you know, stuffed it back in my face. So I have to admit, from a human nature standpoint, I'm kind of down on picking the Bears right now until until they prove me wrong. Were you a little surprised that after the Dolphins hung seventy on them and they're coming to Chicago, that they were a two and a half point favorite to start? And now they're a three and a half point favorite. That tells you what Vegas feels about our football team. Yes, I was very surprised. I thought that was that was like the biggest insult at all of all is that game was ensuing because that had. And we got, I saw that line as, as the game was ending, and then it went, to, I think, to three, three and a half. And yeah, it absolutely is. You know, I, I tracked that's never really happened for a team. I'll say this teams have lost by 50 and been favored the following week. I looked it up. Mm-hmm. But the three or four times it's happened, it's been, they've been, that, that team has been at home. Um, uh, the Broncos are on the road. So this is like the first time that's ever happened where a team has lost by 50, gone on the road the next game, and been favored. That just tells you just how bad you know, the Bears look. And, and you know, again, that's, that's, that's where we are. It, it surprises me, but it doesn't surprise me. 76 Falcons lost to the Rams uh, in Week 13. They were favored by three over the Packers. 79 Jets. Lost fifty six to three to the Patriots in Week Two. They were favored the next week over the Lions, and the two thousand nine Titans lost fifty nine to nothing to the Patriots in Week Six, and they were favored by three over the Jaguars. We both did the research. Good job, Sylvie. You're really good at that. I have people. I also have people. <laughs> Make sure that's part of your lead into the pregame show on Sunday against the Broncos. Oh, is that is that my yes, open right there? Well, I, you I said you were workshopping it. There you go. <laughs> All right, Potsy, we appreciate you. Keep your head yeah, up. Yeah, keep your head Shut up. Shut up, Potsy. Yeah, thanks. I'll listen to the rest of the show, and uh, no, maybe you, you can get me feeling a little bit better about the Bears. So I appreciate it. Uh, don't thanks put, for having me on, though, guys. Always enjoy it. Thanks, Potsy. Don't put that on us. Don't make us responsible for making you feel better about this Bears team, right? I mean, I don't know that we can do that. What can was we? what is the meal on uh, in, in at, at Soldier Field these days? I think he left. He's done. Potsy, did you hang up? Yeah, he's gone. Hello. Oh, Hello. there he is. Uh, I'm what still is, here. What is the meal at Soldier now? What, what did they upgrade the food to? Oh, they. Uh, it's just. Uh, it's. It was. Um, I don't know, it's just the usual stuff, you know, it was just chicken and things like that. It was just a better quality of food. It was just better food. Yeah, it was just, uh, yeah. So it was just, I can't, I can't remember exactly the menu. It's my mind's a little shot here. But all I'm telling you is it was just, it was a conscious effort by, uh, by management, okay. uh, um, by Kevin Warren, to, to recognize that, you know, that, 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 that that's a part of it. And, and I think that I just thought in a small way, that is, that's a good sign that he re- they recognize that because this, in general, this franchise uh, th- has not really uh, done those kinds of things. So, yeah, I wish I could tell you what exactly what the menu is. But I, I started to didn't watch make, that one, but it, I, I can't it, remember it exactly. Didn't make a mark I just remember you. it was a lot better. Yeah, all right, Patsy. We want a food report on the yeah, next, next time, time you we join us know, this weekend. We, yes, we want an update. Okay, would you tweet us Sunday? 
Well, I'm the wrong guy to talk about that, actually. I just was going by the quality of it. But I will, I will do some research, and I will give you a Thank report you. and tell you exactly what it, what it was. Thanks, Potsy. Thank you, Potsy. All right, talk to you guys later. <laughs> you can't fluster Potsy no, you until can't. you ask him about the menu. Food. Yeah, when you talk about food. And, and the funny part is, is his family... Grew up in the food business. I did not know that. Potash Brothers Supermarket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. You guys were grilling potash like uh, like you were him at a Bears press conference. <laughs> yes. The follow-up What question. are you going to do, Potsy, to make Sunday happen better? What's going to happen? Potsy, the food. The food, Potsy. Huh? What? The food? Well, I, you guys give him, a, your lead on give him a dose of his own medicine. Denver Broncos game. I just want to let everybody know that they have made significant upgrades here at Soldier Field. The food is better. <laughs> all right, uh, 312-332-3776. Mellor's waiver wire is coming up. And all your phone calls. We have full phone lines. We will get to all your Bears phone calls coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie. ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. uh, Mellor's got uh, his waiver wire here. Have a headache yet? Hanging in there? I've been shockingly good today. Yeah. You still have a headache? Uh, yeah. It's yeah. a bear's ache? Yeah. Still have a bit of a headache. Meller, how's your headache? Uh, it has subsided, okay. but I did have one last night. I think I was dehydrated. I needed to drink more water. You need that Prevagen, maybe, that they advertise all the time on uh, I don't know what you're on talking Cubs about. games. Yeah. Don't you do that show on Marquee now, too? Mm-hmm. Aren't you working for Marquee? Mm-hmm. You should take that. You should do one of those ads uh, on Marquee. I will. Where they got the old guys walking around. One guy's a pharmacist. Absolutely. He's walking with his I'll wife. Pitch anything. Walking the dog. Yeah. And they're playing a little pickleball. You're damn right. Look at that. My mind's much better now that I'm right. taking Prevagen. Yeah, that's right. Maybe you need that. Outside your, your Florida country club, of I'm course. I'm Tom Waddle. I played in the NFL. And yeah. Now I host a radio show. I didn't have a thought before, but now I'm taking Prevagen. A- amen. Now my mind's clear as yes. daisy. That's right. They send you a check once a month. <laughs> you could be like Erlacher of the... Uh, of the mind medicine. Done. I think we just came up with something. Absolutely. Finding but, ways to put more money in my, my bank account. Hey, I love Prevagen, it. come get your guy. Come Why get is it. your new spokesperson? Come get a little of this. Did you guys catch, there's a new uh, prescription medicine out there, Jardians, I think, or something like that. It was on there in the NFL game. But I had to laugh out loud because they had a disclaimer about uh, well, most of them do have no, no. disclaimers. They all that have basically dis- tell you they all have disclaimers. They scare the crap out of you you're, to take anything. Oh, you're absolutely right, but um, the there this one they had a disclaimer which had to tell you in underneath what the uh, perineum is. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. The perineum. The perineum. I'm sorry. Thank you. Wow, yeah. I can't read. The yeah, perineum is like your yeah. The-, the perineum is the area between the anus and the genitals. They, because there could be, you know, some bad, uh, bad consequences if you take their their drugs. So, I was amused by that during my football watching Maybe on you Sunday. I call it something different. <laughs> That's what it's. You called. know what? I ain't getting in this conversation. <laughs> I ain't getting. I, I, I ain't in this conversation. 
Not at all. Does it rhyme with ain't? Yes. Yes. What is that? Is that slang for that term? Probably. I don't don't think you're right. No, Meller. I think it's actually, isn't it the... Uh, Okay, based on this disclaimer, it's the area between the anus and the genitals. Symptoms of infection include fever, feeling weak or tired, pain, tenderness, swelling, or redness in the genitals and the area around them. I would think so. If you were suffering from something that was located there, I think that the redness and soreness would be... Jardians. Well, what does this medicine do, though? It's a great question, Sylvie. It gives you pain between your... <laughs> I just caught the side effects, not the actual... Uh, what, what it, what it, was... it accomplishes? Yeah. Well, I forget that medicine. Sounds like you I might wanna... as well. You, you, you may want to rather get hit by a car or something. I want Waddle. Well, Waddle needs to start advertising Prevagen. That's what Waddle did. I need him on Cubs games, and he could be on marquee then during Absolutely. football season. Yeah, maybe put me on like a little scooter as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on a scooter. Uh, Meller's uh, Waiver Wires brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Tullamore, Tullamore, Tullamore Dew. Very nice. Well, the fine folks at Tullamore Dew sponsor the fantasy football show as well, so we always like to play that clip, give them a little extra love. All right, boys. The Waiver Wire for week four. Here you go. Brought this to one. You by Jardians. No. Tullamore Dew, Tommy. No side effects with Tullamore Dew. Um, All right, so I think this should go as no surprise to anybody who watched football this weekend. But Devon A. Chain, the man who scored four touchdowns, or one of the running backs who scored four touchdowns for the Dolphins this past weekend. Of course, Raheem Mostert probably owned on most teams. But Devon A. Chain, he is a rookie. He is lightning fast. He racked up 203 rushing yards. He had two touchdowns on the ground. He had two touchdowns in the air. So uh, he's available in 83.5% of fantasy leagues right now. So go ahead and scoop him up. He should be the top waiver priority for folks out there. And his pronunciation now is a chain, right? Instead of, wasn't it a chan before? Well, I've been calling him a chain. So uh, I did not know of the switch because I was not uh, aware of that. But I tweeted it out. I'll find it. All right. We'll get clarification. But either way, it's spelled A-C-H-A-N-E. That's the guy you want to pick up in your fantasy football league. Another running back, if you're still in need, he's not going to give you the immediate uh, numbers that A-Chain will give you. But uh, Zach Charbonnet, look, Kenneth Walker Jr. just had a monster game. Actually, it's Kenneth Walker III, right? He just had a monster game for the Seahawks. But... Zach Charbonnet saw his most snaps, and he's somebody who runs really hard. He's available in 60% of leagues. If anything happens to Kenneth Walker injury-wise, I think Charbonnet is somebody who could step in and be a clear, you know, bell cow for the Seahawks. So I think Charbonnet needs to be owned in most competitive leagues. So there's a couple running backs for you. If you need a wide receiver, I would say the top guy that you should look to add is Romeo Dobbs. We've talked about him a couple weeks in a row. He's still available in 73% of leagues. He's a um, smooth route runner. Yes. I like him. And I and listen, I think we're still waiting on Christian Watson to get back out there and, and be healthy, but the better, uh, the longer that he's out, the better chemistry that Jordan Love and Dobbs are kind of creating between them. So I think Dobbs, after five for 73 and a touchdown and three total touchdowns so far, he's somebody who I think uh, you need to own in your fantasy league if he's out there. Another wide receiver, Nathaniel Tank Dell. He is the top receiver for the C.J. Stroud-led Texans. He had five for 145 and a touchdown. Now, he's small, but you what you saw last week is a guy who can de- definitely threaten you deep. And so I think if C.J. Stroud continues to be productive like he has been, he's going to have receivers who are going to be worth owning in fantasy. So Tank Dell is worth 
checking out and seeing if he's available in your league. And then finally, one last wide receiver who's going to stand uh, to benefit from a huge injury. That's Joshua Palmer for the Chargers. Mike Williams goes down with the ACL tear, so he's done for Mm. the year. Palmer's available in 99% of leagues. And even though a lot of people, I think, are assuming that Quinton Johnston will be the guy, the rookie, who all of a sudden sees a big uh, increase in production. But I don't necessarily believe that's going to be the case because Palmer's been out on more snaps than Johnston has. And I think the rookie hasn't really proven that he's a great, great route runner yet. So I think Joshua Palmer is somebody who will benefit most from Mike Williams' injury. So All there right. you go. That's good stuff right there. Good advice. And the uh, fantasy football show on at 7 a.m., correct, this yes. weekend? hour earlier this season. So 7 a.m., 7 to 8 a.m. All right, good stuff. Uh, let's, uh, do you want, let me go to um, Aaron in Portage Park. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Aaron? Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me on the show. Of you course. got it. Thanks for calling. How's my radio voice? Everything sounding Fabulous. okay? Yeah, it sounds really good. great. All right. Well, I think Poles is getting a lot of heat here, and I actually think it's not going bad. I mean, he pulled a trade that basically was an anti-Bears trade. It was like Ryan Pace pulled the trigger there on that, uh, two draft picks that we can have in the top five. And I think that's uh, great going forward. He's going to draft offensive and defensive linemen from here on out, maybe a quarterback next year if we need it. And, you know, this season is kind of going like last season where Fields was just terrible the first few weeks, and then they let him run. I doubt they let him run this year, so he could make the uh, pick for a new quarterback. Uh, l- listen, I think your first point is, is, is a good one. Um, I think the best thing that that Ryan Poles has done since he's been here is he made that trade for the first overall selection with, or he traded the first overall selection to the Carolina Panthers and got a difference-making player, in my humble opinion, in in DJ Moore, but also got a first-round pick next year that gives them the flexibility to pivot and go in a different direction at the quarterback position if, in fact, that's what they are forced to do. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was... I think that's the best decision that he has made since he took over as the general manager of this team. He's given them some flexibility. But I but I think like wanting him to fail is different than just seeing what he can do. Like a lot of people think he wanted him to fail. Oh, because, I don't believe he, that. Because right, you have him cost controlled still for a few more years. Listen, and you could have built the roster around him if he did succeed. Yes, the best thing that could have ever could ever happened for this organization is is that Justin proves he is your quarterback for the future, and you use those two first-round draft picks to build a team with him. And you win nine games because of him, and you're not drafting number one Correct. or number four or right. whatever you are. Uh, Matt and Lyle, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Matt? Hi, how are you? We're good. So uh, I guess my question is, so I've always been pro pro Carter, but... I don't understand what the difference is between Carter and Nate Davis. It was a 20-year-old kid dealing with the death and that just got blasted on media. And he tested poorly. And now we have Nate Davis in-house dealing with the death in his family. Can't practice. Looks terrible on the field. And we're giving... Now we're, we're not giving a free pass. But at the time we were... So we don't want to draft him at number nine when he was a number one draft pick and the number one slot that we needed as a team. So I, I just don't understand why would we not draft him 
when this league is built on superstars. You got Tyreek Hill, Kamara. You got numerous individuals that have been superstars representing teams that are giving their teams a chance to compete for a championship. And we have zero superstars on this team. So, but you, Matt, you understand the point. And, and again, like the, the Nate Davis, we'll see where this goes after he, when, when he, like he, he gets into a good spot, but it, it could be a bad signing. You, you're, you're right about that, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't a sound decision on, on Carter. If you're if you're the head of the Bears and you go down to Georgia and after everything all your research is and you want to be wowed by Carter and he doesn't finish drills, what is your thought leaving that pro day? You know, the question was worth that ethic. And the question with Nate Davis coming from Tennessee, now that we're we're hearing all the signs coming out of there, was work ethic. So clearly the Bears don't have a problem signing people with work ethic. They just had a problem with Jalen Carter, who was a superstar, which is what we need. I would say also the reference to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was a fourth-round pick, wasn't he? Fifth round? Fourth or fifth round? Fifth like, round, I think. Yeah, there's very. if you want to compare the, a fifth-round pick with the ninth overall pick in the draft, I, I think we can differentiate between the two there. You could also bring in Laramie Tunsil. If you want, if you want to bring in first-round picks that drop, Jeremy Tunsil is right there, and he's done very well for himself right. and, and his organizations. At the end of the day, this, no team has ever won the Super Bowl has lacked superstar talent. Of That's course, true. that is true. doesn't have a single superstar. They don't even, I don't even know if they have a star anymore. Roquan was there, but besides Roquan, I don't even know if we've had a star in God knows how long. It's a fair point, yes, Matt. I yes, mean, the, their level of, of of the talent level on this roster is nowhere near where it needs to be. That that is, he needs to start finding star players. Like just drafting good players isn't good enough. And then there have been a share of misses. And this, well, here's the, hoping the Bayless Jones thing is still like I still don't know why they're activating him don't or why he even has did a not roster have spot. One, he did not have one snap on offense. Just get him on the practice squad and just be done with it. Just be done with it. What are you trying to force the issue? Just it, the sooner you can admit that it was a miss, and 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 he's taking up a game day spot. I, I just don't understand why you're doubling down on a mistake. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Uh, that come on in and uh, be our guest to talk Bears football. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home, we're there with you making it bearable. Never mind. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. We say we're bearable. All right, uh, let's uh, finish up with these phone calls. We got an early Sox game. Rooting for the Sox tonight, by the way, against the Diamondbacks. Tied with the Cubs going into tonight. The Cubs have a game lead on the Marlins, and they have to keep it that way because they lose the tiebreakers to the Diamondbacks and to the Marlins. And uh, Justin Steele has to have a great game tonight against the Braves. He Three- better deal. Yeah. Steele better deal. There you go. He's been fantastic this year. Um, just, of course, the last two games, it's not been as good as it's been all year. But uh, and and now it looks like he's not going to win 
of Cy Young. Blake Snell's going to win that. Uh, you want Gus, uh, you want to hear this song? Gus says he's got a song. People have been calling with songs lately. Hey. Gus, yeah. Gus I, I know you've been I, on hold for a while, but I, I don't know if we've wanted a song, but we're going to try this. You say you I'll have try a song. You have yeah, a, try a song. Okay, we're going to try a song. Good try okay, a song. Here we go. Because sad songs are therapeutic, okay? Right. So here we go. Okay. Eberflus got no juice. Every Sunday we're losing. We're so bad. It's so sad. That is why I am boozing. We did not know we could sink so low. Sink so low. No, never. Eberflus, Eberflus, must we suffer forever? That's the sad song. But I hope it makes you feel better. Then I'm, I'm hoping it, it reduces uh, Waddle's headache. Mm. That was my, you know, it didn't have any reference to coach facial hair, which I regret now, based mm-hmm. on a previous call. And based on previous drop in music, uh, it had no cowbell either. But no uh, cow. Listen, that's right, Gus. If you could have, you know, put some cowbell into it, it may have uh, rated a little higher. How, how long did that take you, Gus? Uh, oh, it, the, the writing was quick, but the waiting to get on the show was long. Wow. So, but it, <laughs> you know what? So, you know, I had to get it to you. I just, I felt okay. I had to get it to you. A for effort, Gus. Well, thank you very much. You're it's, it's based on a, a song in uh, The Sound of Music called Edelweiss. Okay. Sylvie, you, you know all of the yeah, songs you know from, it. from Sound of Music, don't you? Yes, The Hills Are Alive. There you go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Edelweiss. What was the name of the family? Huh? What was the name of the family I, in The Sound of Music? I think we should send an MP3 of Gus's song to Potsy and have him grade that. Along oh, with please the, do. Along yes, with the we'll food. send that to the Sun Times. Yeah. And and Yurko, I, I I got to meet Yurko when he was in Hinsdale, and and show it to Yurko too. Was I he nice Yurko. to you? Was was Yurko nice? Yurko was incredibly nice. He's a nice God guy. Bless that man. He incredibly just nice. Just I, a jerk people me. love Yurko. Yeah, that, so, that's well they true. should. Yes. All right, Gus. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Gus. Okay, thanks for putting me on, guys. I really no appreciate it. People thanks for waiting. called with some songs lately. It's his Good song. song. I like the songs. Cross- Do you like the songs? Yeah, I like the songs. Uh, Crosstalk is brought to you by Steinhoffels. Better than bitching about the Bears consistently. <laughs> Check out Steinhoffels in their newest location in Harwood Heights. I shop at the one in Vernon Hills. Carmen shops at the one in Downers Grove. Many stores in Illinois right now get some new furniture. You're going to have to lay down when you cry and hold yourself in the fetal position over Bears football in the fall. At least you'll be comfortable doing it, though. That sounds good. Yes. Get one of those couches where it's got a cooler in it as well. And you can plug your phone into it if you need uh, a little charge. I've got the ones with the new uh, charging devices. Get one that gives the back rub to you as well. The rolling kind of back rub seat. Mine doesn't have the uh, massager, but it does have a lumbar support where you could adjust the lumbar support. Look at you. Yes. Look at you. Does it have a small oven or it microwave not have the toilet attached to it? You no, know, I know you like the t- no, toilet. No, I'm talking about cooking your food. Elk, Alkabong uh, tweets and he says, please tell Gus his song was absolute trash. That's not very nice. <laughs> it's not very nice. 
The man was trying to uh, lighten the mood yeah, and cheer us up. Thanks to Barstool, Big Cat, and Potsy. Thank you to Meller and Tyler for Waddle. I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Go White Sox. Yeah.